Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 423. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out October 14th, 2020. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in the month of September 2020. Uh, we're going to be looking at Tales from the Umbrella Academy, You Look Like Death Number 1, Overwatch Tracer London Calling Number 1, Shang-Chi Number 1, Batman the Joker Warzone Number 1, and Black Widow Number 1. A lot of number ones. Number one. Number one. You know what's number one in my book? Drinking. Me? Oh, yeah, um. Drinking. Well, my and number one in my book, number one in my heart, is Chris and John tied for first place. <laughs> Thank you. I, was, I, I had a moment there. I was like, just Chris? Well, Paul, what are you drinking? Because John and I actually have the same beer to start off with. So. I'm, I'm drinking an okay beer. I bought it because of the novelty. Uh, honestly, it, it was in one of those uh, just... Put it in a pack. You know, I'm not buying a full six pack of it. It was like one of those grab and go kind of sections. And this, I, is I almost bought this today, but I I don't know anybody that's had it. The Harpoon Duncan Jelly Donut IPA. Uh, this is coming from what is it? A mix pack that they released, or are these individual things? I don't really. know. It's from a variety uh, pack. Harpoon. Okay, yeah, uh, Harpoon's done. Like they have a chocolates. Donut stout. They have uh, like a bunch of Dunkin' Donut donuts. They have a pumpkin donut one. Uh, but this one looked interesting. A jelly donut. Uh, this is pretty hazy for you know what I was expecting from you know something kind of mass produced. Uh, and this is okay. You got that like artificial sweetness that isn't quite jelly, but isn't quite donut either. It's just uh, kind of a nondescript. Dunkin' Donut flavor, you know, not good, not great, just kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that's kind of jelly donut ish e, uh, but the beer is decent, like you know, it's it's good for the novelty of it. Like if you were going over, if we were allowed to go over to people's houses and bring this, uh, you know, variety pack over to some place, sit around a fire, and you're just grabbing whatever, you know, I'm sure this would be a pretty fun night, you know, drinking a 12-pack, you know, between friends around a fire. Like, I could see that being a decent time, but um, unfortunately, COVID, so we're not doing that anytime soon. So Yeah, I thought it was okay. It's like you said, Paul, for a mass-produced pastry beer. It's mm-hmm. it's good. It, it's it's acceptable. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a strawberry jelly donut. For half the beer until I looked at the can and it said raspberry. And then I went, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, it's a nondescript sweetness, yeah. biscuity, biscuity, fruity sweetness. Like, I will, it's fine. I will say the Boston cream one, it tastes mm-hmm. like a Boston cream donut. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this really delivers on what it says it is. And then they have a pumpkin donut um, coffee. And then I think just their Dunkin' Coffee Porter. Oh, it's a Dunkin' Coffee Porter. Um, uh, yeah, this is 
it finishes nice. Like it's got a nice, you know, it's got that artificial sweetness up front and then it's got that dry IPA kind of finish to it, which helps out because if this was coiny, it's not coiningly sweet. It's not overly sweet. It's a subtle sweetness and it just, it all kind of works and it's okay. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Uh, if, if it was from a smaller brewery and they were known for pastry beers or if they were just from a small brewery, I would probably expect a little bit more, but the fact that Mm -hmm. Harpoon's making it and it's going across country for the size of what they're making, it's acceptable. I bought it for the pure novelty. I also bought the, uh, Yingling Hershey's, uh, Porter. Just because pure novelty. I'm not having it on the show tonight unless we go really long. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you just want to pick up a novelty beer, especially in one of those, like, just grab a bottle, try it kind of situations. I didn't need, there was no big emphasis on, like, oh, I'm stuck with a 12-pack. But if I was going to pick up a variety pack of that right now, I'd be okay with it. Like, I wouldn't want to drink the whole variety pack by myself, like I said. This is something you definitely want to bring over someplace in that magical time where you could go over to people's houses and share beer and everything was great. And everybody just remember to vote, please <laughs> just, just go vote. Uh, and speaking of novelty beers, uh, Chris, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking from left hand brewings. This is their white Russian nitro. This is a stout with coffee and vanilla added. Also worth noting, this is a white stout. And I think I don't like white stouts. This is only like the third one I've ever had. I think it's just something about the style. It just doesn't have enough of what I like of a stout to elevate it to that level. Um, I, I White chocolate from Brewery, when we had that, it's pretty, pretty fantastic white stout. Okay, maybe so far. But like even something like the Dragon's Milk, yeah. uh, they're, they're white, white stout. Not great. And Dragon's Milk is one of my... My favorite beers, like I will sing the praises of that beer until the day I die. But like the white style version of it, no, thank you. Like I, I will pass. Um, I think I, I would agree. There's more misses than hits. But um, Paul, remember that Stony Joe? That was a white yeah, Stony style. Joe was okay. Paul, you love that beer. Did you, I love that one? Yeah, you bought that it. That was my favorite. You bought it all. That the was time. the coffee the one. Coffee right? one. You were like, this is yeah. my 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 breakfast beer. Uh, but we're drinking. I think I bought it twice. <laughs> I think you bought it more than that. Um, because you kept buying it from my store. I was like, "Oh, Paul, you're buying that again?" Yeah, I like it. Uh, but I, I don't like. I don't love. You don't is, love white. You don't like white stouts. This it's okay. This is okay. <laughs> Because I love the regular left hand milk stout, like nitro milk stout, absolutely fantastic. And even some of the other variants they've done, or even the other beers. So I really like Sawtooth in the nitro can. Um, mm-hmm. You, do, it does like mid palate. It does taste Kahlua y, but there is something on the finish. It's a little more sweet than you want on the front. It's not. It's like watery on the back end. It's not as like robust as I would expect it to be being a stout. And I think that's where that white stout's coming in from it. If they had just taken their regular nitro milk stout and then added coffee and vanilla to it, 
and just something else to give it that like that Kahlua white Russian. I think that would have been a better beer than this. I honestly didn't know it was a white stout until I cracked the can and I poured it into my glass. And then I was like, oh, that's really light. And then I noticed up on the very top of the can, it says white stout. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I bought a four pack of this. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed because I thought it would have been better. Yeah. it. Yeah. An 8.9% too. Like it's a big boy. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so you know. Have you ever wanted to make coffee, but you don't have enough <laughs> coffee, and you're like, "Well, I need to use six tablespoons, but maybe three will get me by." It's not like a big full coffee flavor. It's like a ghost of coffee's past. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just no, that yeah. makes sense. The, yeah, the barest echoes of coffee on it too, and I it. There are moments in this beer that you would say that's white Russian-esque. Mid-palate, even on the end, there's a little bit, but it's like you let the... See, I expect a lot more like richness from like a white Russian, like a creaminess. And I thought that this would have it being a nitro can, but it just it doesn't. Yeah. I, I only have one of these, which I'm glad. I thought about buying more because my mother-in-law loves white russians and i was like oh like i'll at least get well you you love white russians too because obviously this beer does have a uh, a dude reference on it for you where it says it but something like the white russian or like left-handed buys or something i don't remember yeah and it's got a bowling pin on it yeah it's got the bowling pin on it and i do i do enjoy white russians um your like aol screen name was like the wr dude no it was it was for what on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, it was. Chris, was that back? It was don't was that back like when we were in high school? Yeah, it was like 1996, 1997 when we first became friends. <laughs> okay, it happened. Didn't it, uh, I, re- I? I forgot about it until we started talking about this. But <laughs> I do, I do that's, love, that's I do love the Big Lebowski. I think that's back when my AOL screen name was like. RBF DBZ because I like real big fish and I like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Bam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that at all. That's okay. And ultimately, come tomorrow, I'm not going to remember this beer. I've got three more in the fridge. They're going to languish there as like reading on my day off porch beers. Like it's nothing great. I, like I'm actually just excited to get something different to drink. Yeah, I I uh, wholeheartedly agree. And maybe uh, Paul can take us over into the news garden, and we can. Nope, st- can't take us there. We gotta keep on talking about Airwell screen names. That's <laughs> oh, we- Paul. What, no. Paul, what was yours? Nope. <laughs> We're in the news garden. Too late. We, Paul. By the time we became friends, AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger <laughs> wasn't a thing anymore. Yep. So that's why I don't know yours. Yeah, that's oh, why. I just, I just sank to number two on his, his <laughs> friends list. John's number one solo now. No, there's so many people that uh, that have been on the show that would know it. <laughs> but uh, we don't need to talk about that because it was high school and everything from high school is embarrassing. So I need to text Ed and Scott. <laughs> Scott and Greg. Greg? <laughs> yep. All, all of them would know it. Uh, but anyways, over in the news garden, we have talking about uh, getting with the times. And getting off AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, 
Disney has announced they're going full bore with streaming. They uh, said that Soul, Disney to Pixar, just like uh, Disney Pixar. Uh, what was the other movie? The fantasy thing at the start of COVID? Oh, oh my uh, gosh. With uh, Why am I blanking on the name of it? Uh, Star Lord and Spider Man are doing the vo- that are doing the voices. Um, John bought it in VOD, and then it was like free, like two days later. Oh, uh, the- onward, onward! Yes, thank you, Excelsior! Thank you, uh, onward. That that uh, went right to uh, right to DVD or right to uh, Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Pixar's Jamie Foxx's led Soul. S O L, right? Just S O L. No, S O U L. Oh, it is okay. Soul is uh, also coming directly to Disney Plus on Christmas Day, and they also announced a shakeup to the org chart. And there's a new head of Disney Plus, and I forgot to write that guy's name down. That's okay because I think we talked about it when it happened. But the head of Disney Plus left to go somewhere else and like for their immersion uh, technologies department. Uh, this isn't a big surprise. Like, I mean, we're seven months into COVID-19 and there's still really no end in sight for things. I mean, mm-hmm. theme park attendance is down, retail shopping is down. A lot of movie theaters aren't open. We talked about last episode, movie theaters abroad shutting down again. So there's really no venue for them to put this kind of stuff out in. Even Black Widow pushed back until next year now. This is the first year we haven't had a Marvel movie since 2009 when Iron Man came out. Um, They've sank a lot of money into making these movies. They want to put them out there in any way for people to see. Uh, Disney Plus, a great way to do that. Uh, I went to go see Onward in the movie theater before it made that streaming jump. Uh, I was fine with spending the money for it, but a lot of people I know actually didn't get a chance to see it until it launched on Disney+. And that just seemed to be a great platform for them to put something out on. Mulan, we don't know the specifics of how that went. I'm one of the people that paid 30 bucks for it. I don't regret that money at all. Um, if they had done the same thing for Soul, I probably would have done it. I think it's cool that it's coming out just as a Christmas present because... That's one of my guaranteed days off from work. So, yeah, I'll be able to sit there and uh, make myself some some breakfast and uh, watch a new movie. That's exciting. Yeah, and definitely it would be one that, I mean, once everybody leaves our house, which is actually probably, probably not that many people come to our house, um, but it will be that time where we'll probably – Maybe watch it with Grayson. Maybe he goes to bed, and maybe we watch it after he's gone to bed. Um, but it definitely would be something that we would probably watch with the Christmas tree on, and watch it as like a like Chris, Chris said, like Chris, like Christmas says. Like, it's not a Christmas. It, it, I, from what I understand, it's not a Christmas movie, so I probably won't watch it on Christmas. Uh, I just got a very sad call from my mom yesterday saying that Thanksgiving's basically been canceled like at my mom's house. And that's huge. Like, uh, normally Thanksgiving runs two days, Thursday and Friday, at my mom's house. So having it be like, no, we're not going to have everybody over. The aunts aren't coming over. The uncles aren't coming over. Everybody's friends and family aren't coming over. 
Uh, so Thanksgiving is basically just going to be mom, dad, my little sister, and I'm invited. And that's going to be Thanksgiving. And normally it runs two days and it's like 23, 25 people, like both days. So, um, yeah, I understand things getting canceled. Um, it's sad, but I, I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be having the family over to watch this movie on Christmas. Would you entice and encourage the entire family to watch it on the Disney Plus Party feature that'll be available, though? We did not, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a way... It's not a Christmas movie. I'd probably still watch The Santa Claus. And in fact, I think the best movie that is available streaming right now is that Santa... The Christmas Chronicles with... uh, with the ego, the Kurt Russell planet, one? living planet. I still yeah. haven't watched that. It's it's pretty, it's pretty good. good. The sequel's coming out for Christmas too, Paul. I would really? actually watch that before the other, the Anna Kendrick one. What was that? Oh, Noel. Noel, yeah, that wasn't Noel. bad, but it's it seemed to be what Elf is. It wants to be that like goofy, like heartwarming, fun Christmas movie, but uh, I would just watch Elf over. I would watch the Kurt Russell Santa movie over Noel. But what about Home Alone? Where is Home Alone? From? I would watch Home Alone over because I I saw the Kurt Russell one. I don't need to see it again. I would watch this. I would definitely watch the sequel. Um, but I don't feel like I need to rewatch that um, as a Chris as like I'm, oh Christmas might be every year. The only one that broke down um, here. But um, there, <laughs> we didn't talk about this. But there's a new Mel Gibson movie called Fat Man where he plays Santa Claus and this kid hires a hitman to kill him. And there's a, it seems really bad, but, uh, I just, I just watched the trailer for that. And I was like, this doesn't need to exist, but it did make me think of, uh, the beginning of Scrooged where it's, uh, Lee majors comes to protect Santa. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they, yeah, there's very Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's cool that it's being released on Christmas Day. I understand it. It's a new movie that you should, that's a tradition for some people to go out to see a movie on Christmas Day. It was never a big thing in my family. Well, you're not movie uh, people uh, either. Chris, Christmas Day, my mom and I would go to see like the Lord of the Rings movies, even though like we would have seen it before. Like that was mm-hmm. just something that we would do because. They were always out at that time of the year. I saw the McGowan family out day after Christmas, all of you going out to see The Hobbit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a joint Christmas birthday present with my mom because she loves those books and movies. So, How does your mom feel about uh, Spider-Man movies, though? Uh, Not as big a fan, though. What if it was a a Spider-Man movie? That didn't just have Tom Holland, but also had Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in it. Uh, I have to say this. One of the first Thanksgivings, my wife, at that point was just a girlfriend, spent over at my parents' house. My dad put on the original Spider-Man movie. Well, they're, they're eating Thanksgiving. Because they're eating Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. And, you know, it's thematic. Yeah. <laughs> And my, my wife is like, why would your dad turn on movies like while everybody's eating? And I'm like, because that's what you do on Thanksgiving. You either watch football or movies. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? 
Oh, that, that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah, so I would ra- much rather have Soul release on Thanksgiving. <laughs> than on. Uh, no, I, I think uh, I don't think my my mom would be interested in it, but my dad would would be like, "Hey, that seems a lot like that animated movie into the Spider Verse." At that point, yeah, because rumors are right now that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in talks to appear in the Sony Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man 3 that'll be coming out who knows when uh, also already confirmed that we'll have Benedict Cumberbatch appearing as Doctor Strange in it as well as Jamie Foxx's Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 which had previously starred Andrew Garfield so now I don't think I've seen that one mm, you're not missing anything yeah I still Electro stuff seen. wasn't bad though I will say that I still haven't seen Far From Home either. So, what is it? It's Max Max Dillon, right? That's his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, would you guys be fine if it's Jamie Foxx playing Electro, but it's a different version of the Electro? It's not that same character. It's Earth six one seven or whatever yeah, the Marvel Cinematic not, Universe. He's not blue, is. and he didn't get it because he fell into a pool with a bunch of electric eels, like. Would he be fine if it is more of that yellow yellow and green suit? Kind of, he was a criminal I'm, who got those powers? I'm okay with that. Uh, even if they don't go like the yellow and green suit, if they're just able to kind of draw on what they've done previously with Spider-Man Homecoming, where they're just like, oh, like this technology's out there, people are getting their hands on it. I, I'm okay with... The Jamie Foxx appearing as Electro, Benedict Cumberbatch kind of stepping in as that mentor role. I don't want this movie to go full into the Spider-Verse because that movie was successful, because I don't want them to try to stuff too much into this movie, because that's what Sony messed up before with Amazing Spider-Man 2. See, Paul, you didn't even need to see it. We just recapped it for you right here. And Spider-Man 3. Yeah. It's, it's the curse of the Spider-Man 3 movies. They either don't get made or they're awful. So just wait. And what about the curse Uh, of Spider-Man 2 movies? What? No, the star of Cabin Boy was in Spider-Man 2. That was great. (laughs) But of the amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Not good. Not good. I think it. Though I didn't. I think. I did enjoy. Oh, go ahead. I I think it would be fun it would be fun to see those guys reprise their characters but like chris said i don't want too much going on and it would be fun for those guys to reprise their characters as voices in into the spider-verse 2 i think it would work better in that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so everybody's saying we're getting in the multiverse of madness some sometime whenever that happens wandavision who knows what that's happened what's going on with that so we don't even know if there's a multiverse that's actually going to be set up, or this is all just like a swing in the miss from the Marvel universe. You know, it, Marvel. Cinematic. It seems like that's what they're leaning into. I don't want them to put too much weight on that just yet. I'd like them to grow that idea, like sporadically, like here and there. I don't need to go full fledged, bam, multiverse right off the bat, but. If that's what's going to lead us into the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic movies and Avengers flicks, I mean, they haven't steered us wrong yet. All right. Well, are we getting Spider-Man three before 
Multiverse of Madness? Probably not. Because this is all still just like rumors talk. Are we going to get movies ever? Probably not. No. No. No more movies. Not not for a while. But we're going to get WandaVision. (laughs) That's that's for sure. And then uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon. Those, those we know we're getting. Loki eventually, but... But, uh, but another TV show okay. centered on a superhero we're going to be getting coming to us from Amazon Prime is going to be uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible brought to life in animated form. I'm really hyped for this. I don't have Amazon Prime, but I'd probably try to get someone's info or try to find a way to watch this. Uh, uh, Invincible is one of my favorite comic books. It's one of the comic books that I've kept up on over the years. I only read it in trade paperback, but every single time one of them came out, I was like, oh man, like I need to, I need to catch up. I need to go back, reread, find out where Mark and his family left off to get into this next volume. Uh, I think just based off this like minute, 30 second trailer, they nailed it. They got the tone down. They got the look right. It's, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Yeah, it looks like uh, just the anime. They animated the uh, comic book page, the panels from the yeah comic book panels uh, right off the page. Uh, and good news, Chris. Today is Amazon Prime Day. Uh, Today we're recording. I don't sorry, know if there's a it, deal it's, on Prime. It's October thirteenth. Treat yourself. <laughs> treat yourself day. Jeff Bezos moved Prime Day. Normally, it happens in July. He moved it to celebrate Treat Yourself Day. That's just the power that Tom Haverford and uh, Don Meagle have. Mm-hmm. They moved Prime Day, guys. You know, because Regal Meagle Realty, she can move anything. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I always get excited for this day. Today, I feel like I played a little bit more low-key than normal, but I, still, I, I found ways to treat myself. Good. I'm treating myself with a... Are we done with the news? Yeah, I don't have anything else. Unless, John, you want to talk about Invincible at all? Oh, it, it looks good. Like, uh, uh, I mean, You're the only other one here that read it. Yeah. I mean, you didn't keep up on it, but you, you did. I read the first two trades, I think. I think I... I no longer have the trades. I think but... I read at least half of the series. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, no, it looks good. I think the voice acting is good, uh, what I heard in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he's per- yeah. it's perfect. I'm like, is that? It is. Yeah. Definitely makes me think of, um, oh, I can't think of his name from, um, Avatar 2, or the Avatar. Uh, Legend of Korra? Legend of Korra. Because he's, Ang- he's the voice of Aang's son who's grown up, who's teaching mm-hmm. Korra. Um, but yeah, I think he, it, I think it, Kenson? Ken? Tenzin, yeah. Tenzin. 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 Uh, yeah. It, Sorry, it, I had to represent. <laughs> no, that's okay. I I started rewatching that recently, too, and it was just escaping me. Um, but no, I'm, and it's, it's everything so far sounds good. It looks great. Um, yes, hopefully they captured it just right. And it's on for the entire run of what would be uh, the Invincible comic book run. Like bring it all, bring it all to life. Like yeah. I'd love it. And something I uh, talking do about. You love your, do you love your next beer though? Because when you were pouring it, I'm like, oh no! John opened up a can of paint and was pouring it into his glass. Because man, that is. Yellow. Can you guys see the pulp 
and how viscous yeah. this is on my glass. It is uh, rid- It is not strained. It is not purified. It is. It is. It is a liquid lollipop, and this is mango, pineapple, and marshmallow, <coughs> triple fruited sour ale, six and a half percent, canned on 10-3-2020, and this tastes like mango preserves with like this little sweet hint of marshmallow to it. This is absolutely delicious. Uh, Chris, before you join the call, I was talking to Paul. Um, How dare you talk to Paul about the present? And um, I told my wife, I said, hey, Froth has put out a bunch of new sours. Uh, maybe you should check them out because my wife loves sours. And then um, I texted her, oh, did you stop by? And she's like, yeah, I, I grabbed some. She's like, oh, how much did you get? And she's like, $120 worth. So she, so she bought a flat, a case, which is six mm-hmm. four packs. Uh, they're twenty five dollars a piece for uh, each four pack. But if you buy a case, uh, it's only a hundred. Say four hundred bucks. It's only one hundred and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get a pack and a quarter for free. Um, but when you drink these beers, you know exactly where your money's going to. It's the fact that these things. I poured one that had orange in it and there was pulp floating on the top of it. Like these things are so super fruited. It's ridiculous. And this is absolutely delicious. This was my wife's favorite one. So I split it with her. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I have my next beer is also going to be from froth and it's their sorbet. And that's like one of my favorite beers I've ever had. I can't believe how good it is. What was this one called again? Sorry, I forgot to write it This down. one is called Liquid Lollipop. Lollipop or Lollipop? Lollipop. I think when they first started mm. doing it, they were calling it Hop. Because I don't know why I would call it Lollipop. But... Well, because it seems like a clever beer pun. Yeah, but maybe I'm just an but, idiot. Yeah, or maybe you've just been drinking. And it does seem like you're just drinking fermented just fruit mm-hmm. like they just take a whole bunch of mashed fruit they sit it out in the sun and they just like yeah, it'll ferment right and then they just like ooh, it tastes a little rotten let's just add some sugar some <clears throat> marshmallow and uh call call it a call it a beer it's a it's a alcohol what it looks like. it's an alcohol smoothie and that's what it tastes like it's absolutely delicious uh and the fruit combinations they do are are really crazy and great Chris, Chris, what oh. are you drinking? Um, Paul, do you have one? Yeah, I do. It's because uh, I'm still trying to make up my mind on yeah. this one. So, oh, fill some th- space. see, I was kind of doing the same thing with you, but that's fine. Uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> no, it's fine because it's kind of the thing. I've had some other other stone tiki like inspired drinks before, like t- uh, tiki uh, scorpion bowl IPA. This is stone tiki escape IPA. Uh, this is brewed with Sabro and Mosaic hops, 7.7 alcohol by volume. So I'm stepping up here a little bit. And this is, you know, a mostly clear IPA, you know. Um, it's not hazy, and it's not big on any kind of flavor. It's not big on any kind of tropical hops. It's, I'm not escaping. I'm, I, I don't feel You're not escaping journey. with a tiki? I'm not. I don't. I don't hear any tiki drums in the background. I don't hear any ooga 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 ooga. I don't 
the flowers aren't crooning, and the birds aren't singing. You're not having a good time, bro. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not feeling the tiki, 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 tiki in this room. Um, it's okay. It's but there's like nothing to it. It is a refreshing, light IPA. This I would think this was a like a very good session. I really like that mask. That's that's it's a tiki room mask. <laughs> I feel like somebody needs to wake up uh, one of the, some of the birds in order to get the tiki flavors to come out on this. Uh, this is definitely not a Dole Whip of a of a of a flavor profile. This is it's a light. This would be an excellent session IP, but it's seven percent. But it's seven point seven percent exactly. So slow me down here, beer. Give me something. But nope, I'm just chug chug chugging away, Chris. All right. Do you have so, a question, or do you, did I stall? No, I'm. I don't know. So, it seems like clown shoes used magnetic poetry mm. on the refrigerator to pick what was in this beer. Because I am drinking from their barrel series. Uh, this is their Josh the Boss Hog. And stay with me on this guy because this is a barley wine flavored. With plum puree and aged in Whistlepig Samurai Scientist Rye Whiskey Barrels. Whistlepig? Again, barley wine flavored with plum puree and aged in Whistlepig Samurai Scientist Rye Whiskey Barrels. So it's a barley wine ale Mm -hmm. flavored with plum puree that then they aged in rye whiskey barrels. But it's a brand, a Y whiskey name. Whistlepig yeah. scientist. Whistlepig is a okay. is a bourbon brand. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, the it's, sorry, sorry, not zooming in. But yeah, it's their the samurai scientist. Um, I bought it just based off of that cacophony of buzzwords weirdness, oh. and I will say, yeah, I get hints of all that. Um. But they kind of come in shifts. And as soon as you're kind of like, okay, yeah. You know, it's like a barley wine up front. There's that kind of like stone fruit sweetness to it. And you take a sip and you're like, okay, well, no. Like, it's a lot more whiskey on the nose. And then you take another sip and you're like, well, no. Now, like, I'm just getting that alcohol bird. There's a lot of flavors with this, but none of them seem to work together. And that's why I still just don't know about it. 11% ABV, too. So... It's definitely like a stovepipe can. It's Careful, gigantic. <laughs> Don't reach over face. and pass out. Um, I probably won't be finishing all of this now. I'll save some for later for tomorrow. But good, good call. I don't, mean, don't there's, try to there's a it. lot happening. Don't be there. a hero. I still know if I like it. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, I would take it over. I would take it over the nitro. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely like to try that as a you know four ounce like sampler. Like that sounds like something I'd be like, oh, let's try it, and then like maybe getting a crawler to like split amongst friends. Like that seems another one that you know, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. Again, treat yourself, day. I saw this and I was like, yeah, why not? Go big. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds good. Like. But sometimes just because, you, like you said, you put a bunch of buzzwords in yeah. doesn't mean they're all going to always add up. But, like, pureed plums with a 
barley wine? I was like, yeah, that flavor, I think, would go well. Like, yeah, okay. But then that whiskey beer, I'm just like, I've got dragon breath right now. Like, it's just very yep. harsh. Okay. Now, Chris, imagine you were just, I know, this is going to be oh, tough sorry. for you. It's been a yeah, while. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm okay. imagining. Get, get it, start imagining. Imagining that you just had to shovel a driveway mm. for Oof. like 45 minutes. Oh, God. Bitter cold wind. You Every time you lifted up the shovel to fling it over your shoulder, a little bit of that those that snow just, particles would hit you in the face. Yeah. Just, and, you know, you felt the biting sting of that snow. Now you come inside. You take off all those layers that are crusted with snow and ice. Now you reach for this beer to warm your not only your body, but your soul back up because of the dismal state of constant blackness that is filling the sky with its dreaded snow. Yeah. Does this help you a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Does it? I'm just saying, yeah. does the weather, where it's always nice and sunny. Paul, Paul it helps him not want to move back and be our friend in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, this um, beer, barley wine seemed like a beer that I would never want to drink when it's constantly 70 degrees and sunny. You know, I don't know, like a nice like tanniny barley wine's not bad. It's just, this is, it's really, like... <laughs> I don't want to say heavy because it's not like a deep flavor. It's just like that alcohol booziness out of it. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad though. Like I'm, I'm coming around to it. It's just not something that I but want. When you're to coming in from the cold, you want that alcohol booziness too. Yeah, you know, just like uh, the Santa Claus said in uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, a guy has to do something to keep himself warm. You know, he's hidden. Hidden. The- I've never watched that movie, so sure. Oh yeah. You know what? Ah! Instead of watching Soul, <laughs> no, no, I'd rather watch Noel again. <laughs> well, why don't we head into the the next section, which is the list? The list. The comic books coming out October fourteenth. Paul, you had a couple books you're going to pick from. Yeah, that's why I wanted not to go first. Oh. So that way, if I stole somebody's book, like I could just pick another. Chris, book. what were you? That's okay. Pick? I I'm fine with going first. Um, I am my chemical romance trash guys. I love Gerard Way. I love his music. I love his comic book writing. And he's stepping back into the combination of both of those with the true lives of the fabulous killjoys national anthem. Number one, uh, this is written by him with Sean Simon. They worked together previously on the last fabulous killjoys comic book art by uh, Leonardo Romero. I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back into this world. Uh, I might not have been the biggest fan of a book we're talking about later on the show that was also written by Gerard Way. But man, I love me some Umbrella Academy. That's all I got to say. John? Uh, I'm picking up uh, from DC's Black Label, uh, Rorschach number one. Uh, The only reason I am picking this up, it is written by Tom King. And I'm interested in seeing what he's going to do with it. But if the first issue doesn't hook me, I don't think I'd go any farther. But it's enough that I enjoy Tom King's ideas that I'd pick it up. Um, See, Doomsday Clock really didn't do anything for me. And 
the fact that I appreciate the fact that we just kind of kept going back to it, but it just didn't didn't work. Yeah. yeah, but this seems like it's not. Is it tied into Doomsday Clock at all? Is it just its own thing? It's just like, its own of, thing. Yeah. Uh, so this book takes place thirty five years after Osmandius drops the squid on New York. Um, Rorschach has kind of become this icon character and this uh, Rorschach figure starts reappearing and is an assassin trying to kill the uh, Robert Redford who's running for president I think what is this Robert you have Redford false attention <laughs> I gotta buy it. Um, so I'm interested. That man can act himself out a comic book panel. Uh, so I'm interested. I, I I'm interested in checking this out for a glimpse of what Tom King can do with it. Um, if it was any other writer who I don't think does an interesting job on things, I don't think I'd pick this up. Um, you know, if if this was written by I I don't even know. I it'd be if there's only be a few people that I would say, hey, Tom yeah. Tom Taylor, James Tinian the Fourth, Peter Tomasi. I just named all the DC art uh, writers <laughs> that I can just name off the top. See, of my I head. think James Tinian worked when they did that relaunch of. He worked on some of those um, Watchmen characters when they had those books. They were like. Somewhere after, somewhere before Watchmen. Oh, uh, oh, what was it called? Before right. Watchmen? Something like that. Before Watchmen. And also, uh, what's his name? Was also, was like friends with Dan DiDio, uh was constantly dating Amanda Connor. Like, oh, know, Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. Jimmy Palmiotti. He, he wrote a few. I should I should remember his name. Yeah, he, he, he lives by Chris. With, Does he really? With Amanda Connor. Yeah. Did not know that. I'm going to go look for I him. Thought they were New York pe- I thought they were New York City people. No, That's I follow uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor on Instagram, and they're always like, beautiful day waking up in Florida. We're going here. And then it's like, hey, I think I've been there with Chris. Like, <laughs> I think he's somewhere ne- like s- triangular... Between, I'm glad you're admitting uh, that you're only following him online and not following him when you're going down to visit Chris. This is oh no, I'm, get that I'm out off there. all next week. Get that out there, I, you <laughs> know, just in case. I thought of a couple times contacting him to <laughs> no. see when we were down visiting nope. Chris to interview him. So no, yeah, buy him a beer. <laughs> yeah, talk to him. I would talk the shit out of Jimmy Palmiotti. Jimmy Palmiotti, like, dude's yeah. worked on so much cool stuff. He's lived a life in comic oh, books, man. Not, He's a kingmaker. Not just that. Uh, the like the stories I think that guy could tell would be just worth mm-hmm. uh, an afternoon. Dude, he worked with Joe Casada before Joe Casada became editor in chief. Then he worked with Dan DiDio before he became an editor in chief. And he's seen the rise and fall of the not the from the late eighties, early nineties, and then the rise again in the late aughts. Oh, like it's, one of my favorite comics, Crimson. He's a character in that. He's at the very end of the book. Like. I would take that wherever he is. <laughs> Have him sign that panel. Like this is a cool thing for me. I'm, I'm even though I met him at one of the conventions we went to, and he did a Punisher mm-hmm. sketch for me. Oh, that's cool. I want to say it was one of the Wizard Worlds in uh, Philly we went to. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there. I they've done stuff before, 
and I don't think anything really interests me. Tom King, with what he's done on Vision, what he did with um, Mr. Miracle, even um, uh, Adam Strange, like, I'm interested to see where he can take this. Will it mean I'll stay aboard? Probably not. Um, but. Hey, we'll check it out. Chris, Paul. What, I was going to say, I already went okay. Paul. What, then what's your, finally, nobody picked either of the two books, so I'm going to go with an artist that I really enjoy, uh, Nicola Scott. She's uh, jumping on with uh, Peter Tomasi. He's been writing the series for a while now. Uh, this is Detective Comics number 128, or 1028, sorry, 1028. Uh, new new uh, Blood is the name of the new arc and uh apparently a mayoral candidate is making his anti-mask signs of the time signs of the time uh agenda known to the city uh, but he wants to demask the heroes not just saying that we shouldn't wear masks out in public um and batman and his allies are being and allies are being stretched stretched thin to keep the peace I don't really know what's going on, but this seems interesting. And also, the cover art has From Beyond the Grave, a horseman rides. So I'm hoping it's a headless horseman, you know, Halloween themed. Let's go. Is there any character scarier than the headless horseman? A uh, clown hunter. Clown Hunter? Okay, Save we'll, get into, it. we'll get into it. Because <laughs> all I could think of was a video game tie-in. See. <laughs> what was your other book, Paul? Uh, the Flash. Uh-huh. I was uh, also starting in New Arc with a new uh, See, this is weird for writer. you, picking New Arcs. Like, I'm surprised you're not picking, like, three or four. <laughs> you know, sometimes I want to jump back in, dip my toe in, see what's going on there. You know? And then not pick it up and not put my note in at all. No, I didn't understand what's happening in this book. I'm not going to keep reading. I'm going to. I'm going to. Oh, you bought number eleven of twelve. They're really not making this so you can understand. You can follow what's going on. It has a recap page. I just skipped it because of too many words. (laughs) I'm just going to load up Star Wars Squadron, play that video game because it's great, and just be like, "Screw comics. Let's play some video games." I, I mean, we didn't talk about it at the beginning, but uh, today, October 13th, they just released the pre-patch for World of Warcraft Shadowlands. And I started playing WoW again like a week ago just to get back into my characters to see where I left everyone off at and be like, okay, well, who do I want to focus on heading into the expansion? So I, I kind of get that because it's it was nice taking some time away from it, but now it's like, oh, yeah. We're into it. I am very time excited begins. to do that new leveling system. Like I have so many of those allied races, like just parked at level yeah. zero, or like level zero. I just made them, named them, and just have them ready. Um, because there's a bunch of expansions that I have just skipped. Yeah. Like I have not played through, so I'm kind of excited to basically. Oh, this makes sense for this character to do this level. You know, do this expansion for this leveling. Um, there's definitely a Death Knight I want to level in the Wrath of Lunch King like area, so that's one I'm my, one of my plans. 
Um, yeah. But you know what I'm excited for? A dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Night Force, page 21, panel 5. Sir, in the crowd, there's a old woman. And that was a dramatic reading from DC's Night Force, page 21, I did, panel 5. I did my Peter Lorre. I am Peter I Lorre. didn't know what book that was. So, a little uh, behind, the, behind the scenes thing. We just, we'll usually pick the panel and then put it in our group message. And part of it's like you say, like, what the book is, the issue, the page, and the panel, just so, like, I have that information to to share the page over on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to see these panels, follow our Facebook. We're back and board. And I did not know what book this was at all, because a lot of the books that we pick, it's stuff that we've all read. And yeah, we did read Night Force. <laughs> but man. 2012. I don't, I don't still this. giving us gifts. Still giving us gifts. Uh, that book is also hidden somewhere in Paul's house. So well, we <laughs> couldn't find it. I oh, don't know where hey, it Paul's, is. Paul's going to throw it away. <laughs> no, I sold like all my single issues except for like maybe three single issues. Like so, and it was not in that. I went. No, decades it. from now, someone's going to move into Paul's house. And they're going to be like renovating it, and they're going to like crack open one of the walls. They're going to be like knife force. What's this? And it's going to be worth like a million dollars. <laughs> I'm just glad they're still speaking English. Paul has the only one, uh, the only copy of it that survived, The Purge. We're going to get into another beer? Yeah. So for our next beers, again, treat yourself to a... I am drinking all big boys tonight. Uh, and this is a big boy that kind of has a history with us, just as a friend group. Maybe not so much on the show. But coming from Brewery Omegang, this is their Three Philosophers. Uh, Three Philosophers, it's a quadruple ale blended with a cherry. Cherries, yep. Um, But this is the wine barrel aged version of it. So then they aged it in red wine barrels. Um, Aging it in that wine barrel really takes away a lot of just that kind of like cherry sweetness, but you get a nice dry taste to it. Like it just kind of cuts through it. Uh, 9.9% ABV. This is Ooh. very drinkable. Um, is, is, I, oh, whoa. What? It's drinkable at 9.9, it's, though? It's very drinkable. Like, you don't get that at all. Wow. Uh, and that's where this is dangerous. And the regular three philosophers, mm-hmm. I think it's still better than this. But, wait, wait, you're shaking your head? No? I'm shaking my head because three philosophers for me is like that it, you get that cherry sweetness up front and then all alcohol burn at the end. Like, it is But see, that's what I like beer. about that, because you're... It's not It's so big, it's so flavorful, that you're like, ooh, yum, 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 yum. And then, like, you savor it. This, like, it's that little bit of that dryness on the tongue, that you're like, oh, let me let me go back, let me get some more. Okay, okay. Because it's a very so, subtle cherry sweetness, and I think that's where it's dangerous, because that 9.9%, that can sneak up on you, because much like the... Left hand nitro was like what eight point nine? You said John eight point nine. Like you don't get any alcohol on this. 
And from three philosophers, that's kind of surprising, especially aged to a wine barrel. Um, I also have the bourbon barrel aged version of it. Talked a little bit during our pause about that. That would be my next beer if we do do for this episode. I think that one would be a lot more like alcohol punch on it. But also, I think that one would be really good too, just like that whiskey, like kind of like Manhattan. Yeah. But man, I I'm really digging this. You you said you like the alcohol punch on the original versus this though. That's where it's dangerous. Yeah, because it slows you down. But I think like a whiskey burn versus is a- different from that kind of just like that kind of like syrupy cherry like dragon breath. Mm-hmm. No, because like I buy three philosophers when I want that big boy that will just like hit me in the face with that alcohol. That's, that's your like, dragon I want age something beer. Rush. Yeah. It's my dragon age beer. It's like when I'm playing a video game that is set in the middle ages or, you know, that fantasy realm style, I, I kind of want that. Like, ugh, it's going to hit me. It's going to be a little pungent with the alcohol. Three philosophers is where I go to. Uh, three philosophers is probably my favorite Omen gang beer. Hennepin. Hennepin. Ooh, or Rare Voss. I haven't had either one of them in a while, so it's hard call to make. Okay, um, well, I'm saying Three Philosophers is my favorite. But I got this from, like, my beer store's, like, single section, and I don't remember either this was $5 or $6, and then the bourbon barrel age one was the other price. I don't recall, but, I mean, I think 5 or 6 bucks for, you know... Good sized can of this. Yeah, like it's it's worth it. I mean, if this was my one beer that I was drinking when I'm recording a podcast with Paul or John, look forward to those coming out eventually. I really want to, really want to do those guys. Um, I think I think this would be great for that. Uh, for recording a drinking podcast that also talks about comic books, this might not be the best one because like I'm going to be jumping to something else. But this is definitely something I would want to sip and savor like over you know 45 minutes uh, whatever it takes for us to record like over books with friends or movie fits I'm also drinking a big boy this isn't 9% but this is 8.7% and this I didn't realize uh, it was Oscar Blues Oscar Blues and this is Ken O Bliss double IPA when I picked it up this was also in the single section don't worry, I did not need to show that I, you know, my wedding ring to get into that section. I like they singles versus single. I'm making a joke. You guys are just giving me a bad look. Yeah, we both give you the same kind of face. There. I thought yeah, you were making yeah. like a like redispensary. No like joke. I didn't. No, the single isn't <clears> like. <throat> don't worry, I was let in, even though I'm married. Okay. Uh, don't want to cut you off, Paul. No, but something else that John, this was a news story that <laughs> news story that you had shared with with us. But I also saw it shared off of um, Cigar City Brewing's uh, Twitter page was the aluminum can shortage. Oh. And actually, Cigar City has teamed up with Oscar Blues, and they actually got some of their cans sent to them. So Cigar City's brewed a beer, and they're putting it in those cans. It's called their High Low. It's a hazy. IPA, much like their high lie. Uh, but like half the can is Cigar City, and then the other half is Oscar Blues, uh, the Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, so I completely forgot that, John, you shared that story at that Cigar City 
has a beer in Oscar Blues can until I saw his Oscar Blues. Hmm. But but Paul, you made the sign. Yeah, I did make the sign, but I'll get through this beer review, and then John will talk and then introduce his book, and I'll be back before then. Uh, this is hazy. This is, but it's got that skunky kind of like, you know, taste that we've had some other beers that, that are d- like, the, oh, like that dank IPA, yeah, dank, uh, dank, yeah, the dank. That's what it was called, grassy. Yeah, um, a little bit, not quite smoky, but you know, dank. Yeah, it just tastes. Like Dang. you, you mowed the lawn, and it's that wet grass mode, you know, like kind of flavor. Um, I was excited for this because it was, you know, going to have the citra, and citra to me, citra hops means yeah. bright and fruity and like tropical, but this is dank and dreary and, you know cannabis and i didn't realize that's the pun they were going with cano bliss um i was very excited for this this was but um it's if this is what i was expecting like oh oh i get it like i know where i'm going with this like this would be like hitting it out of the park this is everything you'd want in a dank ipa like the, the flavor is exceptional for what it is what i was expecting you know, with a citra hop double IPA, I was just thinking big juice right. flavor. Blissful. Yeah. yeah, this is <laughs> Oh, Paul just cry chopped his microphone. Yeah, I did. That'll happen every now and then. Yep. Usually happens to John though. It hasn't Beer. happened. It hasn't happened in years. Eh, months. <laughs> Eight point seven. Uh <laughs> I swear you've done it semi recently no. on this show. Like we were recording, I was like, doom, doom, doom. I think it was Paul again. No. Uh, but this was this mine's. Is, I have a mic. Can you guys hear me? It stands on the ground and it's pinned between me and a table. It's not going anywhere. But yeah, we can, can you hear you, hear Paul. Still? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I was afraid that maybe I broke my mic, but uh, no, this is. If this is what you, you didn't were like us for. talking over you while you were talking, no, that's fine. I just wasn't sure what was happening, so because you know. Anyways, John, well, this wasn't your mic. Be? I just wasn't saying anything interesting. I understand, John. What are you <laughs> drinking? Uh, I'm having another beer from Froth. I'm in a I'm in a pretty good mood right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm having there. Uh, Sour Bay. This is uh, a rotating beer where they do um, different combinations, and this is a beer with Armorillo hops, peach, candied pecans, and caramel. It sounds delightful. Like, just the peach and pecans on its own, like, yeah. It's like you made, like, a super peachy caramel dessert and just pureed it and put it in a can. It is... Just absolutely amazing. And, like, the other one, I couldn't help just drinking it. Like, I I downed it. This is one of those beers that you want to savor every single sip. And it lasts so long on your tongue that you can savor it. Like, you take this, take a sip, and it's this huge pop of peach and caramel. And you get a little bit of that nuttiness in there. It's just really really amazing i want one of these like 
for some reason this makes me think of like Christmas time, like one of those mm. kind of desserts you'd have somewhere between like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like one of those kind of desserts. And this beer is just so good. It's one of the best things I've had in a long time. So I don't get up to Buffalo too often, maybe once a year. This is probably the longest stretch I've gone without being up there, just with travel restrictions and then things being hard. We haven't gone to Thraw. Next time I'm up, is it close by? Is it somewhere we can get to easy? Yes. From okay. my from like from my house or if you're coming from Paul's house, fairly easy. So well, since Paul's still not back from his break, um, so we go to Froth. What are your other two, like, Buffalo breweries? Like, hey, these are the ones that you need to hit up. Because there's a lot of really good breweries. And I'm going to say, like, I'm guessing Thin Man's going to be on your list. Because uh, I love Thin Man. Like, Yeah, I and it's the, I would go to the Thin Man on Chandler. I would go to Thin Man on Chandler, have a couple drinks. We'd get food there. You know, because they they have really good really good pizzas. Then we'd go to Froth, and then we would go maybe to the new um, CBW, maybe to um, maybe to the new Resurgence. Like we went there last time you were here. Yeah, so, it was really good though. Yeah, and, I, have, um, I have no problems going back there because it's better than nothing against the Niagara Street one, but yeah, that one's just. It's classy and like the fact that they have like the full kitchens. Yeah, awesome. it's really nice. And even like um, like Beltline, we really we, we all enjoyed going to Beltline. And Beltline I Beltline was good. Um, oh my gosh, Twelve Gates was 12 really Gates. good when I was there before. And then um, oh, Big, Big Ditch. Ditch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. I have always like everything I've gotten from Big Ditch has been enjoyable and. Like the food, just really good too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just uh, we just had lunch there on Sunday. It was nice. It was a good time. And for those of you uh, not from Western New York, Big Ditch reference to the Erie Canal. I say you get the soup at uh, Gene McCarthy's with a beer, and then oh, that was that was yeah. on John's list though. You missed and that part. Oh. Yeah, Gene McCarthy's is really good, but it's so like. If I was in, if Paul, if if I lived in the South Town still, I would imagine I we would try to go there every couple of weeks. Just just go have a beer, shoot the mm-hmm. shit for a half hour, and then yeah, go across the street to the bottle fact uh, to the barrel factory to pressure drop. What's okay? Uh, pressure yeah. drop. I was gonna say, what's the place that we didn't get to go to? Yeah, that makes your list. Pressure drop. Yeah, pressure drops in there, and also I think Blackbird Cidery is there now. They're over by the Chandler Thin Man. Oh, really? They right, they moved two out. one. They were gonna go to the Battle Factory or Barrel Factory, and they moved over there instead. Yeah, they have a. It's a, from what I heard, it's a, like a beautiful bar. Ooh, okay. But maybe it's oh, okay. I don't know. It's over in the Chandler area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's like Silversmith just opened. I haven't gone there. Ooh. Uh, they opened right before. Are they COVID. like an offshoot of the Silversmith we went to when we went to? No, I'm sorry. Area? Uh, it's called Brightsmith. Oh. Brightsmith. Oh. I wasn't impressed by 
silversmith, except for like the salty cheese. Oh, the salty <laughs> cheese was so good. That it it's a cool it like the first time I had went there, and the reason I said we should go there was because it was it was in this old church, and it wasn't it wasn't like a full kitchen dining area that that bar was. It was just it was a bar. So the next time we went and it was basically a sit down eat place where you can get beer. It was like totally different than what I had, I had been there before and what it was like. Mm. This is what happens when we let time slip by us. We're getting older guys. I mean, day by day, month by month, we're getting older and comic books are coming out. So, Hey guys, heading into the main topic. We're talking about the comic books that came out in the month of September 2020. And, John, you're going to start us off with one of your picks, a late addition to the list, mind you. Uh, it it was. It was one of those things, I think, um, I had went through and, and kind of looked at what books had come out. Um, and this is one that was like, oh, there's a new Black Widow. Let's, uh, let's check it out. And I was like, oh, it's written by... Uh, Kelly Thompson and art by Elena Kesgarade and I kind of looked at the art and I was like I I like I like the look of the art it makes me think of those um, makes me think of Hawkeye and those books that we liked that had that off kind of off the they weren't your they were more your slice of life kind of superhero book the art yeah. that you'd find in those mm-hmm. so I was like yeah let's let's grab this. Um, and let's check it out. And, uh, you have Black Widow doing some spy shit. And then, uh, she gets taken in her apartment and she's all of a sudden has this new life. And if it wasn't for Hawkeye sitting on his couch watching the news and see her eating pizza and sees her walking by. Uh, she's like, hey, she's been gone for three months. She he calls Bucky. They say, yeah, that's her. Like, we need to go find her and do some intervention because we haven't been able to get a hold of her. Is it some spy shit that she's doing? Well, if it's if it was spy shit, she wouldn't have let herself get uh shown on TV. Like something's wrong. Let's go find her. And in the end, surprise. What is it? It's Madame Mask, right? It's Arcade. Well, no, yeah, but the silhouette that he's talking to... Oh, oh I is, didn't get to it. it oh, it's, yeah, that that's probably Madame Mask there. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, and it's Arcade, and they've done, they've done something, and they have her... Um, they got her brainwashed, where she doesn't know who she is. She's working in uh, San Francisco for some for some contractor or building that's getting made. Paul's got a whole bunch of OSHA complaints about what was drawn in the book. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. He said them off off show, so yeah, we, if, we suffered the brunt of it. You don't have to. If you guys think I'm going to listen to that again and without <laughs> being able to say, it's a comic book, chill out, it's not real. <laughs> you got another thing coming. Uh... But I, I I enjoyed this book. It was fun. I I 
I imagined when she was taken and then you see her in that thing. I was like, all right, it, we've seen this done before in comic books. It happened in GI Joe, Cobra, Cobra brainwashed shipwreck shipwreck. Uh, I've seen it before. It's fun. I like those kind of things. I like Resident the ri- evil. I liked the writing. I liked the art in it. Um, I had fun with the book. I liked it. It was a good read. Uh, I really dug this. We've done a few Black Widow comic books over the 10 years we've been doing this show. I think this is the first time that I sat down to read one. I was like, oh, like, I want to read number two now. And I can't solely just say that's because there's like a Hawkeye connection to this. As tenuous as it was, like I liked seeing Clint in this book, just him on like the couch watching TV. And it's like, oh shit, that's Natasha. And like, and then him trying to call Bucky, Bucky ignoring it, and I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna sh- send him this picture. As soon as he gets it, okay, now he's calling me. Cool. I kind of like that little interplay, and this is such a setup issue but it's a setup in the right way that it makes me care. It got me into it. The art's fantastic in it too. Uh, Elenda Casagrande. I don't know what you've done before, but I think I need to look into it. Cause this book, it's like so slick and clean. Like it's, it hits that kind of uh, Francesco Francavilla, like Chris Sandy, like that slice of life uh, superhero comic book that you were talking about, John. It's very much in that vein where it's more centered on the character than just like the superheroics of it. And it works so well. Like I, I really dug this uh, more than I thought I actually would like a black widow comic book. And I'm glad you kind of like brought this to the table. Cause this snuck under my radar and like I said in our, you know, our friend thread where we message each other stuff, I was like, oh, well, yeah, it makes sense that there would be a Black Widow comic book, you know, number one coming out. Because at this point, we should have gotten the Black Widow movie. This is probably some kind of tie-in to that. Uh, this kind of just made me want a Black Widow movie more now because I- I'm into this character as someone that never really liked it outside of, you know, her appearances in the MCU. John, you had something uh, to say, and then oh. Paul's just... Paul's still <laughs> sitting there with his hand and his, like, on his chin, like... Mm. The one thing I like I liked is, like, like this shot, like, she drew of, like, Captain America. You see his sideburn, like, kind of coming out of his costume. Like, it was just, like, a cool little... Just a cool little throwaway thing that if you, you know, you weren't paying attention, you'd miss, but it's, like... Yeah, it's kind of cool that where his ear comes out, you can see some of his hair from his head. Like, I just really liked it. I I dug the art. I enjoyed the book. I'll pick up issue two. Like, I'm I'm there for at least the next couple issues as long as it stays on par with this. Now, Paul, workplace complaints aside, what did you think of this as a, hey, super spy book? Other other than her be, getting the jump on and being taken, and also, hey, nobody leaves no trace behind 
Except for you, Natasha. Except she leaves her coat in, in the elevator. Like her but she does make mention that she can go back because, like, oh, we're, we're, we're over none. I liked those boots. Like she, she can go back and yeah. But I those guess. are those are items that she got and is wearing just to get into that place to infiltrate it. You know, it's an acceptable loss. It's going to get dropped. It probably doesn't have her DNA, any, tra- tra- any okay. trace of her. Like you, you there's would no ima- trace of it other than it being a trace. Okay, yeah. I got you. And probably some guy's going to go like when he wakes up and half half his teeth are missing, he'd go. But Black Widow took it, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's fine. I, I think it's, I still think it's skeevy at the very end. I hope this guy that's, like. Well, we didn't talk about it, Paul. Talk about it. Okay. Like, we didn't mention, uh, I didn't mention it. At the very end, uh, Black Widow shows up after buying herself a new motorcycle because she had a good day of work of being like, Hey, this is how we do a fire escape. And it's like, all right, nobody Paul, could pull that up. No, no, I see it brewing. I, I see, I see that look. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But she figures it out. She has a new plan that should have been done on the ground floor. Ah! No reason. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. No reason to be on that level of floor. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She she rewards herself. It's treat herself day. Even in the MCU. Best day of the she year. Buy, yep. She buys herself a motorcycle, even though she's not sure she could ride it or knows how to use it or is licensed for it. But she buys it for herself and just drives it home. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and she meets up with a her boyfriend um, or maybe husband. Who knows? I have had. Um, and they share in a deep kiss. Now, in the very next page, we see it's Arcade that has set this all up. And one hopes that the guy that she's kissing and macking on has also been, like, brainwashed and is just assuming that this is natural and okay. Otherwise, he is very, very skeevy to be okay with it. <gasps> or he's a bad guy. He, yeah, he's... He's a double bad guy. I'm hoping he's just some regular dude that's like, well, holy crap, like, this is how redheads into me. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever I did, I'm doing it right. Yeah, he's okay because he's not aware of the big yeah. plan that this is Black Widow that's been brainwashed. And he's just like, oh, this this is all natural. This has all happened naturally. Or two, he's been set up and they both have been brainwashed to believe this is on a natural arc. John's like, no, he's just a bad guy. Yeah, it could be it could be any of those. I we did, won't I know to issue two. A regular dude that gets like sucked into this world. And yeah. the thing that like really sold this book to me, because I was into it right from the get-go, because it's absolutely gorgeous. Um that last page reveal of like your, you know, quote unquote big bad being arcade kind of shot me back to like growing up in like eighties and nineties. And you just get that like one random issue of X-Men where it's like, ah, yes, arcade is the bad guy. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, she's fucking arcade. Like, Oh, arcade hasn't been relevant in years. I think even the last thing he did was like the young. Yeah. 
it was young like Avengers. Yeah, it was like Young Avengers, Runaways, and mm-hmm. like the Young X Men like uh, crossover. What it was where it? They were. Uh, it was something Academy, it, Avengers Academy, Avengers Academy. Yeah, and even that was like five years ago now. I always like seeing that, like, hey, big MCU, like someone else appearing in this book. We got that with uh, Bucky. We got that with Hawkeye. We got that with Cap. You're giving me Arcade, Last Page, Silhouette, probably Madame Mask. Hey, you get that Hawkeye connection in there. This Some is other just Silhouettes a, going on as well. This is just a solid book. And John, I definitely want to thank you for saying like, hey, can we add Black Widow? <laughs> I do wish uh, when... And I, I did. Uh, I did just pick up uh, issue two. I, I do wish when they say, uh, "Let me remind you that the name Arcade." I wish Arcade was name was like in the font of like Arcade. Like you know how they big seventies like flourishes. Yeah. yeah, like like oh, my name is Captain America, and it would be like Captain America like style, like you know what big would be on the cover. Letter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But next, California Dreaming. I said that I was okay if I just remained completely silent during this. You guys brought that upon yourself. I, I just wanted to know if you liked the book. It was okay. It was, like, nitpicks aside, it was a fun book. It was good. I mean, you're reading a comic. Sometimes you need to put those nitpicks aside. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's no guy with superhero strength and, you know, like, can throw a shield really well, or, you know. Yeah, but also, I don't need to be skewed out by, like, this guy's really gross if he's complicit in all this. Like, but that, I mean, that's you putting something there, you know? I think it's there just because it's there. (laughs) But like Chris said, and, like, how I thought of it is it's somebody that they might have position for her to fall in love with but he also is falling in love with her it's not like he's just like hey, a skeevy skeev boat yeah like <laughs> i didn't think that at all like i didn't think i thought maybe before you saw arcade like whoever she's going home to could be the big baddie but yeah i was expecting it to be the big baddie and i'm like oh he's awful and he needs to just be just ended and we should never speak of this again uh versus oh he's just a guy that happens to be there i'm just hoping it's a guy that happens to be there that's not aware of anything or he's a th- you know one of the kind of guys that are just brainwashed along with it and it's like wasn't aware of what's happening yeah. uh much like resident evil the very first movie you guys you remember that uh, I vaguely remember the movie because I remember it not being anything like the game mm-hmm. and not being that great. Because it, Mila Jovanovich's character, Alice, was it? Was her name Alice? Uh, she, her memories were wiped out and also her quote unquote husband's memories were, you know, like, like they were basically like knocked out. But yeah, they, they were, were like the security people for the raccoon or the well no she turns out to be a genetically altered person clone or something Mm -hmm. oh in that first movie or is that happens later 
it happens later, but I think it's also tied into that. Yeah. I don't know. That whole series is really bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I own the first two movies. I don't think I've seen the third one. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, comics, you don't need to be skeevy. Let's be better. I'm, I'm just happy that's Hawkeye and, you know, the Winter Soldier hanging out I, again. I'm looking forward to that team up. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll be fun. I think you're going to get a lot of the same play as the things that we like in uh, the Marvel movies. Falcon mm-hmm. and Bucky, you're going to have Bucky more of that Falcon character where he's like, I hate you. And yeah. Hawkeye there just to annoy the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for that. But uh, uh, I think uh, Chris is finally back, and we can jump. We'll all right. Jump, right. Jump into one of our next books. So uh, I was I... trying to pick what book I want to do next. John, do you have Do you have a vote? Uh, I was going to say, why don't we stick with Marvel and do Shang-Chi, because I don't have much to say about it. Okay. Um, so next book. Shang-Chi, number one. And this is a miniseries, so this is part 105. Uh, this one here, written by Jean Len Young, with art by D.K. Ruan, and then the first part of it, which is the flashback to kind of like the building of the like the houses and the clans, was done by Philip Tan. Uh, but this is Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu, making his return. And this book... Every page of it made me just be like, oh, there's different clans that use different weapons. Kind of like the the Green Arrow arc when Paul was really into Green Arrow. Uh, uh, John, it was Jeff Lemire's was run it, on Okay, I, th- I thought Paul was into it. No, John was really into it. I'm like, this seems stupid that it would be every clan has a different weapon. Uh, but then it also kind of made me be like, man, Crushin Comics, they had that book, Way of the Rat, where like there were the different rings that gave whoever was the bearer of it like dominion and power to use like certain weapons and like the main character, his name's escaping me. He couldn't use the spear because he only had the ring of stabs, but like once he broke the like the tip of it off, like he was a master with it. That was a cool book. That was written by Ron Mars. Who did the art? This book kind of set Ron me Mars. on that. Like, hey, Ion. Hey, yeah. Cross Chen, owned by Marvel now. So it's fine. This book kind of set me on that path of all their stuff that I liked. Especially after reading Image Comics, Firepower. Uh, yeah, guys, I think this is three shows, in, four shows in a row now where we <laughs> mentioned Firepower. Um, I really did like it. Just in that kind of, okay, Shang-Chi, he's trying to live that life where, you know, he's flying under the radar. He's working at a bakery in Chinatown. He also just happens to be the master of the hand style of Kung Fu. He's being approached by two members of different clans, tribes, families, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, the sword uh, because and the dagger. Which sword seems- and dagger. Because someone from the Hammer Clan took control of... Of the, uh, the, I don't, the it, Society of Mystic Weapons. Yeah, I, I don't know what to call it. Even though it wasn't Hammer's turn, because Hand was the next flame that was illuminated on on the torches. 
I, I did like it, and I hate that I sound really dismissive of it, but it's just hard to hold a candle to something like firepower. Because he can light when his own it's, candles. He can light his own candles, but it's that master <laughs> you're such, of, like... You're such a dick. But it, it's a master of, like, the martial art with, you know, <laughs> what he's he's upper echelon, like, he's top tier... He left it behind. He's been brought back into it for some reason. Firepower is just such a good version of that book, and it just reads it so fresh and clean and clear. And reading Shang-Chi just made me nostalgic for other books like it that I hadn't read in, like, 10 or 12 years. Like, it got me thinking about fucking Way of the Rat, which is a book that hasn't existed and nobody's acknowledged since Crossan started having money trouble and stopped publishing and like distributing their books, uh, this book made me think of Way of the Rat too, Chris. Okay, thank you. I thank you for being the only other person to remember Way of the Rat. And I went, oh man, this reminds me of like Way of the Rat. This also is nowhere near as good as Firepower. It's not. It's not bad. All the- I liked it. The the backstory about the the different members who are following the two brothers who are magicians and the one died and the other founded this and then you know the sword took over when the other the other guy died. That stuff was the most interesting part. The least interesting part is when Shang Chi showed up See, and I was don't, wrapping I don't mind that. And like Rapping. you had like the MI3 agent popping in being like, oh, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm a spy, I know who you are. That's, she doesn't speak in an accent, but as soon as they mentioned she is like an MI3 agent. Does she exist in Marvel before this? I don't know. And I think. MI6, think- sorry, Paul. I'm sorry, OSHA regulations. Okay, whatever. Uh, it, I don't know. It, I just don't, I don't. I've I've read this character three other times. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know anything about him. And this book didn't make me say, Oh, oh, I wanna read more of this because I'm interested in the character. It's like when I you know, in Mortal Weapon with Iron Fist. I never cared about Iron Fist before that, but I started reading that book and I walked out of that loving Iron Fist. This book, maybe I need to read the first trade and maybe I'd walk out going, I like Shang-Chi, but... See, I... This book for me, again, even when I pick this as my pick for the list, Shang-Chi's one of those just like ancillary Marvel characters that's someone I know of, but they've never been in my radar. And I've read them in things, but I've never cared. I think this is the best version of a Shang-Chi, but it's still not enough to make me care. But this is the thing, like, if I saw the whole, like, five-issue trade for, like, five or six bucks on Comicsology, I would pick it up because I liked enough of the story to see where it goes, but I'm not champing at the bit, like, firepower where I want to see that story. And I think... That's because firepower has that just kind of family element. What I like about Invincible, eh, eh, see, everything crosses over here, guys. Um, 
But Paul, you've been you've been quiet. Well, if they just if the emperor or prince or whatever uh, checked with their local OSHA regulator, <sighs> they probably would have realized they were building upon the dragon lines, and Fing Fan Foom would never have shown up. And would have been. Are you, are you saying that's what you liked about this book, or what you didn't like about it? Because now I'm really confused. That's one thing I liked about the book: it enforces OSHA regulations. Second thing I liked about the book: the cover. Hey, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman, uh, 1976 through 2020. Way to pray, uh, pay homage to Chadwick Boseman, right, right there on the cover of the book, even on the digital, because that's the only way to rewrite it. And the third thing that I liked was them being like, oh, you speak like a fortune cookie. And he's like, well, like, I understand that if people, you know, see me as an Asian guy, if I speak with wisdom words, they'll look at me instead of, like, just past me. And then he kind of decides to, you know, try to vary his language a little bit in English, Um, which might be, like, making up for past. I... I did like that moment too, mm-hmm. like that kind of code switching. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was cool. But again, never really read Shang Chi before, so I don't know. If, is that how the character had been portrayed? Don't know, but I like that they yeah. acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So those are the three big things that I enjoyed from the book. Um, the book itself, Paul. It's just a kung fu book that happens a kung fu book a kung fu book that happens kung fu yep kung fu the legend continued (laughs) uh i think the whole thing looks good i like the philip tan like flashback artwork but then i like when it's in like that current universe it's very bright energetic i can see once it gets into the nitty-gritty and you're getting more of that kind of action it being really cool. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the page right now where he's talking to the MI6 agent and like the ninjas burst through the door and like, they just kind of take them apart. Mm-hmm. Those, those are good pages. Like the action sequences are really well done in it. Um, I do kind of want to know more about like brother sword and sister dagger. I think that's kind of fun characters. Uh, I don't know. I, I like this book. I'm more thumbs up than I am thumbs down on it. I think I'm more thumbs down than I am thumbs up on it. I I think it's okay. I just hate this whole, like, oh, there's different houses. And then they try to, at the very end, try to tie you in being like, oh, she's my sister. He's my brother. And it's like, okay, but was that earned throughout the book? Like, uh, I, I don't feel like I, these are two trains, like, destined to, you know, hit each other. See, I got that, and I attributed that to the fact that I just haven't read this character before. So this could be something that people who are fans of Shang-Chi, and I'm sure they're out there, have read this and are like, oh, Sister Hammer. They, they're they doing something with her. Cool, I can't wait to read number two. Like, But for me, it just is like that not even casual fan, just that first yeah. time jumping into it. I'm like, okay, like this is an interesting enough read that, uh, do you have my, my intrigue? I, I feel like if 
much like fi- firepower, if you read, if you read the story of the masters, them like working together and stuff, and then you have a better time jump. And, you know, it's not just, like, a flashback where you're reciting things just like, blah, 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 this is what happened, this is what happened. Like, if it was more of that past stuff was, like, more of the main part of the book that was going on, and then you had what was happening present spliced in, I feel like it would work better. Um, But I just felt like those first couple pages where they're telling you about that is... Like Paul said, like, oh, it should be in a caption at the front of the page. Tell me everything real quick and then get me to my story. Like, fill me in better. But I I don't think I would... If you said, oh, hey, I picked up issue two, I probably would have been like, okay, cool for you, bud. But if you said, hey, I picked up the trade and the story really works, like, check it out, like, whenever you get around to it, I probably would do that. But for an issue-to-issue time, I don't think I would I would read it. But if it was worthwhile as a final trade, a final story arc, maybe. Um. I'm still in time until Paul's back. Hey, Paul's back. I Of the books that I bought, this one's kind of more towards the top of the list for me. Is all. See, this would be the bottom. Wow. Even over the next book that I'm going to throw it over to, which is coming to us from Dark Horse Comics. And this is an Umbrella Academy spinoff. And this is You Look Like Death. Tales from the Umbrella Academy Number one, and this is the uh, tale of Klaus, a.k.a. Seance. You may know him from the Umbrella Academy series on Netflix, where he was kind of like one of the runaway characters alongside uh, number five. Written by Gerard Way with Sean Simon. Hey, they're doing the Killjoys book that I'll be picking up this week. Uh, art by I.N.J. Colbert. And this is telling the story about Klaus Hargreaves, mm-hmm. who's been kicked out of the house by Sir Reginald Hargreaves, the patriarch of the Umbrella Academy, and just him finding his way on the streets, and him finding his way on the streets involves ghosts and drugs from vampires and then vampire monkeys. It's a lot of weirdness that I think works better when you're reading it as something like a graphic novel or like a trade paperback collected edition, even with a knowledge of this character from reading all of the comics and then watching both seasons of the show, especially after like season two of Umbrella Academy, I was like, okay, like, yeah, Klaus in like a standalone series, sign me up. Reading this book, I'm like, well, this is really weird, which is normally what I enjoy about the Gerard Way comic books. This one's just kind of like too weird, not enough substance to it, though. I liked it. Really? More I liked it a lot. Okay, yeah, that's Way fine. better. You're allowed to, because I'll still read all of this book just because of what it is. 
but not my, not my favorite book. Paul, can I just get out the one thing that I really enjoyed about this book? I would love for that you to he enjoy was it. Paul. He, I would love for you to just enjoy something about any of the books <laughs> that we read. <laughs> Uh, that you know, after he's kicked out, he's just trying to hide around the house, yeah. and that okay. he's found in the air conditioning ducts, just making whooshing sounds. Like that was actually funny, and I think I giggled out loud. I'm like, <laughs> just uh, like that when just, I read it. I'm just like, like that. I, it was a couple of days ago, but I think I went. <laughs> yeah, like I I had a lot of fun with this book. I I liked it, and I think I didn't read the third volume of Umbrella Academy, and I vaguely remember the second volume of Umbrella Academy. Um, And I realized that I don't remember anything about volume two when I was watching season two. It's it's different, though. So, like, you don't have to, like, the comics give you just kind of the framework for who the characters are. And what the story might be based around for the Netflix show. I think you can enjoy them both. Or you can enjoy either or on their own. Like they're not, they don't weave too much through each other. Well, I think we were towards the end of finishing the series. And Caitlin said, is this how the book goes? And I went, I don't know. I don't remember. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's been so long. And even like volume one, I like bits and pieces. I remember of that. Like, I didn't even remember that uh, the one brother was named Kraken, like, and Seance. Like, I didn't remember their, their like code names, really. Well, because in the comics, they all have like superhero code names. But then in the show, they just refer to them as numbers. And that's just kind of that comics do one thing, media does the other. No, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? But it was well, here also we get just all three. We get four Klaus Sands. Yeah. Like, he's referred to as all different three. And which was fine, because I you know... For whatever reason, I didn't have any problem like following along with this, even though I only read the first trade of Umbrella Academy and hardly figured out what the heck was going on in that. But that's the thing, like the comics really lean into the like nineteen sixties, like, oh, comic books were weird and fun. Let's go with that. It's kind of a more lighthearted hellboy, I think, at that point. Because in the first issue of Umbrella Academy, at the moment that you know a professional wrestler body like, slammed an octopus, body body slams an alien from Rigel Seven. That's when all the kids with superpowers were born. That's all left out of the show, and that's okay. Like they bro- both work as as they're supposed to with that information or without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the weirdness of the comics. I like the kind of toned down straightforwardness of the shows. This comic definitely weighs more into like the comic vein of it, but there's just not enough there to make me be like, Oh yeah. Number two, we're reading something like umbrella Academy. Made me want to read more. And it could just be because I know who this character is at that point. 
and seeing him being like shed upon by the family is like, well, yeah, like he's always kind of the shitty one. Like that makes sense. I don't know. I I thought the book looked great. I love the color scheme that they used in it. I like when he goes, it's time to do drugs. And then there's that big neon drugs for the, the sign. Uh, I love that. Uh, what is it? Mr. Shivers or Shivers or whatever is a vampire monkey. Like when I was reading that and I flipped through, I went back and go, is that monkey drinking her blood? <laughs> is that monkey a vampire? Like I was like, okay, I'm on board. I like, I would buy issue two in a heartbeat, Chris. If you're not buying it, I'll pick it up because like, like I said, I'll pick it up just because of what it is and my throwing it back to the list. I'm my chemical romance trash. Like I want to read more from Gerard way just because he, he likes what I like. Like, I think uh, this was, this question was posed to me like the other day, like if I could just sit down and have a beer with someone, like who would it be? I was like, I preface it off by saying like, Oh, all of, all of my picks would be comic book writers. Cause that's, that's what I like to do. I like to drink beer, I like to talk about comic books and Gerard away is like up at the top of that list. Cause I think he's someone that I would just get along with based off of what he does and what he likes to. I think I settled it. It would be Jimmy Palmiotti, right? We talked about it earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I I would read issue two in a heartbeat. This is my number two favorite book of the the list. Hmm. Or the look back. Paul, Paul any other uh, thoughts on You Look Like Death? No, it, it just was a character that I'm not rooting for because he's that anti-hero kind of character. So it was really hard for him me to root for him. But I was like, oh, this is a comedy book, though, because he's just being goofy and like, he got kicked out, and ha ha ha! Look at him trying to hide around the house, and then suddenly it takes that turn where it's like, oh, now he's doing a bunch of drugs and this vampire monkey, and it's just getting crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. Tap it, I'm out. Uh, so Paul, I'm gonna try to pick a book that I think you liked more, just so you can okay. start it off, so I can. Okay. Take a, a quick, subtle pause myself. Sounds Did good. you like, uh, also from Dark Horse Comics, this is the free comic book. So if you're looking for one book to read from something that we talked about today, uh, Overwatch Tracer, London Calling Number 1. Yeah, and this is uh, colored by Rachel Cohen, pencils by Babstar. Hey! Hey, Babstar. one of our favorites. Yeah, uh, inks also by Babstar, written by Markio Tamaki. And this is taking place, I guess, right before the video game. It's five years so, after the ratification yes. of the Patriots Acts. So this is... Um, Effectively, this is what disbands Overwatch and all of the members of Overwatch. And if you don't know, Overwatch is a first-person shooter game from... Blizzard Entertainment, where everyone has different like superpowers and abilities, uh, and Tracer is kind of like I think the marquee character from it, and she has like the ability to like kind of like teleport and rewind time, mm-hmm. 
shoot things with cool blue blasters. Yeah, I have not played the game, but that's okay because I, I watched the one cinematic that they had, so I kind of understood it was like a group of heroes that were basically just that went out and like defended the world against a group of evil robots. But in this book, we get the like after that all happens, now the world is kind of saved. And Overwatch is no longer needed, and the evil robots have kind of been subjugated, and it's become like this kind of like autonomous, sentient race slave. of people, almost like, like a uh, slave not, workforce. Uh, not, they're not really workforce, though. They're just kind of like put out there to exist, but not work. The Omni are they like a, they were the. I guess the group that Overwatch uh, uh, defeated way back in the day, right? These these robots, Chris, are they now? Um, the robots are kind of like a working class. I'm okay. uh, the group that Overwatch like kind of fought against was Talon, which was like the evil like Spectre kind of organization. Um, so well, I was the, guessing they were. Just beating up on all of these robots. No, robots are just kind of robots that are out and about in the universe and kind of just fighting for rights because they're not people, but they're people too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we see they like music. Yeah, which kind of, that was kind of the the hook of this book for me was Tracer just you know doing what she feels like she likes to do and wants to do by by helping people, protecting them, and then meeting a, a robot. I don't remember his name. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, her name? His name? Yeah. I don't know. But it, it's okay. They just they start bonding over music because the robot brings her kind of into their undercity. You know, the literally underground. Because, uh, you know, the Omnics can't live Iggy. alongside people. Uh, but then Tracer kind of being the alien, like the outside entity that's not wanted or appreciated there. Sorry, I, I just came back. I don't know where you guys left off at. No, we were just kind of talking about that. No, you're perfect. Okay. Yeah, so Iggy is the name of the robot creature. That Thank brings- you, Iggy Pop. That makes sense. Yep. Because that's the first music that the this robot lab worker listened to, uh, and she's kind of like just a teenager, I'm guessing, in this robot society that's living in the underworld. Uh, and then after Tracer's like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to help you guys. You're just trying to survive." Uh, Tracer is then confronted by a group of Omni, aka robots. That are like, no, you're human. You can't. Don't you dare come back here. And Tracer's like, I don't want to hurt you. And a battle, you know, a fight ensues. That's kind of resolved, but not really resolved because the robots are like, this isn't the end. And then I was like, eh, it kind of is for me. I don't know. I really enjoyed this book just as, uh, well, I, I've played the game. 
I don't play as Tracer. Sombermanio at me. Um, I like when forms of media I like continue or branch out telling their stories in a different way. And Overwatch has done a few different comic books at this point. Uh, this is really the first one that I paid attention to because perhaps like we loved her Batgirl book. Yeah. I think she was our favorite artist the year that Batgirl was coming out. Um, she kind of went through the rankings of our bracket to be like, yeah, like she gets the heart. She's got the action. This book looks great. If you're a fan of Overwatch, I think this is a story that you'll appreciate. If you're just a fan of weird sci-fi storytelling or Babs Tower artwork, there's enough here to make you be like, okay, yeah, let me take a look at it. And the fact that it's available for free is the icing on the cake. Like, this was one of my kind of, not top-tier books, but this is over something like You Look Like Death over Shang-Chi for me. Because there was... There was fun to it. There's a little bit more heart to it. I read this book going, why are we reading this? I've never played the game. I don't know anything about this world. And I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I thought the art was great in it. Um, I actually didn't realize it was Babtar until I was looking at who did the book just as we started talking about it and went, oh, and then clicked on it and went, Oh, yeah, that's totally her art. Um, no, I had fun with this book. I really liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought I was going to go in being like, a slog to get through, but it wasn't, and it was over before I, I realized. Paul, any any final thoughts? No real th- I think I gave my th- final thoughts already. It's... If you're a big fan of Overwatch, I think it's definitely worth a read. I think it's a quality book. Um, but since I'm not in... I've never played this the game. I've only seen the intro cinematic for this. Um, it just didn't hook me. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. There's no OSHA violations that I can see. Other than her using unapproved tech like out in the city streets and you know, maybe exposing people to weird radiation, but who knows? I don't know. It's a different world. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's fun. The art is good. Uh, there's musical references that I will never get. I. It's all like seventies, eighties punk. Yeah, <laughs> you can get that. That's the kind of stuff that I think you would like. But I think the next book's kind of the hardest to talk about because this is a anthology book. And this is Batman the Joker War Zone number one. Uh, and this is telling the story of what's been happening in the Batman universe right now with that kind of like mini pseudo crossover Joker War. Uh, written by a plethora. plethora? Uh, I didn't want to use the word plethora because there's only like four stories in this. But the cornucopia. The cornucopia. Yeah, that's good. Uh, cornucopia of writers and artists. A multitude. Uh, we'll go through them one by one, I think. Uh, starting off with the first story in this, written by James Tinian IV, 
uh, Art by Gilliam March, and this is a serious house. And this is the tale of Bane stuck in Arkham Asylum, being aware of what's been happening in Gotham while the Joker sees all Bruce Wayne's assets and he's basically laying waste to the city. Um, Bane, never one of my favorite Batman villains, even when he was like his most powerful. Uh, he's always just been kind of that dude that's there. That happens to know who Batman is. Uh, not my not my favorite story in this, and maybe some people liked it, but for me, this is kind of like a weak way to start it off, I guess. Uh, I I agree, and it also I think if we were reading either that Bane book or Batman, that we knew Bane was running the crime in Gotham with all the other villains under him, even the Joker question mark. Why would that have happened? Um, yeah, it wasn't great. I didn't think the art was good in it where I will say like some of the other ones, I didn't think the story was great, but I really liked the art in it. Yeah. Uh, this one, it just, I don't know. I, I guess you have to have a big Joker, story in this and this is the only one where he really appears uh-huh. and I could under like when you figure out like oh you know you killed you know you killed the butler like that shouldn't have been done and da, 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 like it's like okay I, I can understand I guess why the Joker would be mad at that but I, I just didn't the system didn't do it for me Paul? Yeah, I think if I was reading the what, Tom King Batman, right? Like, that's yeah. that's what this is playing part of, where Bane basically takes control of the city, and Bane was doing all the stuff right before the Joker's doing all the same stuff. Um, maybe I would be more interested in it, but it was like it's like those two characters meet in a room, it's, it feels like a writing exercise more than anything else. And this book is a full of setups for like coming in 2021 like i think every story ends with coming in 2021 or more in 2021 uh the one that was most annoying i think is poison ivy one um but uh i didn't get mind that one as much as this one but yeah we'll get to that i i feel at least these are two characters having a moment together Versus some of the other ones that we'll get to later. So I don't... This isn't the worst one for me. It's not number one, but maybe number three or four. I think this is the worst one for me in here. I, I would agree. Okay. Well, okay. And, and there's nothing like bad about it, but it's just there's not enough there for me to latch onto. Uh, the next one, though, I surprisingly enjoyed... Uh, this one is Family Ties, written by John Ridley, art by Olivier Copiel, who you may know from being a Marvel exclusive artist for a few years. Uh, and this one's kind of much more low key because this is just Lucius Fox and family sitting around talking about what to do because they just kind of happened upon Bruce Wayne's fortune. It's all kind of defaulted to them and what they're going to do with it because 
well, this is more money than anybody's ever had. Where do we go now? Uh, and then you have just kind of the two sides of it where Lucius Fox worked with the Wayne family for years, wants to do what's right. But then you also have Lucas Fox, AKA Batwing, who's kind of in the Bat family more. That's like, no, like we use it cause we got it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my more favorite stories from it, even though it's literally just a family in a room that just happens to be attacked by people in clown costumes. I think this is a more interesting writing exercise. Hmm. Well, we got Lucas Fox also dealing with the after effects of being infected with Lucius. Yeah. Lucius. Lucius. Sorry. Lucius. Yeah. He's dealing with the aftermath of being infected with the Joker toxin. You know, where he's basically given up all the passwords, everything he knows about Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, and he's still like, he's still got the green eyes. He's still got that, that, uh, his voice is still kind of off because when the word balloons and he's still kind of got that Joker kind of smile, um, that he's trying to hide underneath the hoodie and everything. So he's a little bit more violent and kind of takes it out on everybody that's invaded. So it's like, Ooh, we just made him a killer. I'm hoping that we're making him a killer because of that toxin effect. And, you know, there's a way to like bring him back from that. Not that this, that's who he is now. Uh, yeah, like this is probably my third favorite in the book of the third one. I like the most. And I think a lot of it has to do with the art. I think the, the, these pages are probably the best looking pages in the book. And um, I, I kind of felt the same way, Paul, uh, that I didn't want to see Lucius going there. Mm-hmm. But I do see it as like an interesting now dynamic between father and son that, you know, just being a, a man in a costume isn't doing a much. If we want to get rid of this problem, we have to eradicate it, I think is an interesting going to be a balancing act between those two does it does it need to have been done no would it make a batwing book more interesting no this art makes this batwing book more interesting i was interested just in the fact that's like oh i haven't seen batwing in anything since we read batwing number (laughs) one or he popped up here or there like eight years ago whenever they launched the new 52 so for me, that was kind of cool. Yeah, and it's it's the best looking that this this issue is the best looking that his suits ever looked. Like it's a cool looking suit in this. Yeah. So Look. just trying to get uh, information about the next one. It's all the way at the um, end. Yeah, is it okay? I'm I'm going through the pages right now because this is the one that I like the most, and you will know why. Uh, written by Josh, Joshua Williamson. Oh, one page too many. Uh, art by oh, David La Fuente, who did uh, the Ghost Rider book we read recently. Uh, but this is 
Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane working as spoiler and orphan, kind of stepping up to take out a like tertiary tier Joker lieutenant. Uh, what do they call? Oh, well, more he's, he's a henchmaster. Henchmaster. He's not a Joker lieutenant. He's willing to train any henchman in the art of henchmaning for any of the villains. Yes, that's right. If you want to be the next punchline, you go to see him. If you want to be the next Riddler, Riddle, you go see him. He'll he'll train penguin villains, Thane villains. You know, whoever you want to hedge for, he'll get you ready. If you want to be a 1966 Batman yep. henchman, Geo parody, you go to the henchmaster. Uh, uh, but they're not trying to defeat him. They're trying to get to a storage locker where there's an old bat signal. That's true, yes. Um, that was taken by Clue Master? Yeah. By, for some reason... Steffi Brown said he just yeah. he just liked to do that kind of thing. Like he was like Z level Batman yeah. villain. He was like not as good as the Riddler, but the Riddler. Uh, I really dug this one not just because it's a Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane story. The artwork in it's just so bright and energetic. I think that's my kind of comic book aesthetic like if you have a book that looks like this you already have my attention you're just using two characters that i already like because they're in that kind of extended bat family even better uh just them stepping up and kind of taking that bat mantle upon themselves because at this point in the bat continuity they haven't been Batgirl and, well, Batgirl. Batgirl. Uh, just them, like, being like, no, like, the bats, that symbol, it's okay. It's ours now. That really resonated with me. This is my favorite story in this book for those dumb reasons. I don't know. You can't talk me off this ledge. I really dug this one. Well, um, Chris, you shouldn't be on the ledge. Got to back up. Well, give two feet. If she's uh, oh, Paul, Paul's going to OSHA stuff again. There should be there should be lining there. Two, uh, you know, if you're going to sew yourself your own bat suit, you know, you really should make sure that all the safety precautions are being taken. You're wearing your little thimble. So you don't stab yourself with a little sewing thing. You know? John's getting annoyed. Go ahead, John. <laughs> this, this is my thimble now. Uh, Sonoma Gang Cat. This was my favorite one out of this two. Hey! Uh, I really enjoyed it. I loved the, the art in it. It popped, like you said. And then, were they in the um, Birds of Prey clock tower? Is mm-hmm. this going to be the new Birds of Prey, Prey book? Because if it's those two characters learning from, like, Black Canary and maybe somebody else, like, I'd be down for that team book of these older state women who have, you know, been crime fighters who are now working with and training with these two younger girls. I think that'd be a fun book to read. 
I'm I'm interested. I'm I oh. out of everything that they said coming in 2001 or 2021, this is the thing out of this book that I'd be the most interested in reading. I'm very interested now that you mentioned that, John, and I do want the Huntress to also be there, and also you know like Ooh, which the, which Huntress like the the one that would be like. The oh, one that Paul there, liked who's... reading back in the mid two thousands before uh, Rebirth. See, uh, I didn't mind the like New Fifty Two Rebirth, like mm-hmm. member of Spiral, Spiral kind of. I, I just spy. want some. I just want a like devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder kind of situation where you got Oracle being like, "Oh no, just you know, you can disarm him real quick, and then you know, punch him in the spleen, and then he'll be not, you know, kind of like incapacitated." Versus you, the Hunter's you, Witch, you can like, disarm him. Just shoot off his hand with your crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Just dismember him. Like just, just shoot him. Like kind of thing with the, the huntress. Like that's what I would want in that team dynamic. Like in the earpiece with, uh, like spoiler, Stephanie Brown. Yeah, she could go either way, and I think that would be interesting. Where Cassandra Kane is like trained enough, where she would be like, pop, pop, pop. Got you in the solar plexus. Got you up in the uh, other joint that uh, now your other muscles, other muscles, and things, and your spleen. Yeah, you're you're not going to die, but you're going to pee blood for the next two days, and it'll be fine. Yeah, you can tell the doc that you'll be fine. It's covered by every HMO. You're fine. Um. Well, moving on, we have Ashes of Eden, written by Sam Jones. Sam, sorry, Sam Johns, art by Laura Braga. And this is the Poison Ivy story where she finds a bunch of Joker henchmen, a.k.a. clowns, uh, just hanging out in her secret like Later. garden compound. That Garden of Eden! If you, if you had read the Joker War Batman book, uh, you would know this is where Harley Quinn actually took... Batman after he had been drugged just to kind of recover because you know it was a safe place and then Punchline was also there knockdown drag out fight between Harley Quinn Punchline uh, Poison Ivy missing from that battle but hey now here she is and this is her just kind of reclaiming her space as Queen coming 2021 Queen Ivy! Uh, I didn't mind this one. This is kind of like middle tier for me. I think it looks really good. I like seeing Poison Ivy do what she does. I don't think she gets enough time in the Batman books just to be Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of why I like seeing this because the last time I read Poison Ivy in something that I felt like she was Poison Ivy was the Batman Hush stuff. Because I didn't keep up on like Birds of Prey when she was in that. Like that yeah. book just the new didn't one capture where she yeah. was a good person or was working with the Yeah. I do have to say that now with you know, how it ends with all the vines like being underneath Gotham and she's about to take overtake Gotham with her all, all her new vines. Uh, you remember in Holy Musical Batman? Oh, I remember everything about Holy Musical Batman. Where Continue. everybody's like, oh, uh, this Candyman poisoning the the 
water well is so much worse than the time that the Joker poisoned the water well versus the time that Bane poisoned the water well. I'm like, okay, we just had Bane take over Gotham. Now we have, we're in an event where Joker took over Gotham and we're setting up an event where Poison Ivy takes over Gotham. Like, or just like an arc. Doesn't have to be all just. Are we just poisoning the water supply constantly? I don't know. I, I, that's what annoyed me about this. And also, it seemed like rather quick. Like she's like, "Oh, I'll just grow vines everywhere." And I'm like, "Oh, why? What? You could do that all the time? Like, why? What stopped you? I, huh?" Um, the last thing I saw Poison Ivy in is I watched five episodes of the Harley Quinn cartoon, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And my favorite thing out of it is, uh, Harley Quinn, or not Harley Quinn, I'm sorry, Poison Ivy, Clayface, and Bane. They're the mm-hmm. best parts of that show. Um, but, uh, Yeah. Every you know, I mirror just about everything you guys said about this. It's like I didn't care. I would have liked Poison Ivy to, like you said, like she was working with that team. I I kind of like her as like, is she good? Is she bad? Kind of a character or someone who's more indifferent, not really just like a super villain who's going to take over the city for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it was. I, this is definitely the towards the bottom of the stories in this book, and I don't. I mean, I probably wouldn't read what's going to happen in twenty twenty one. That's okay because I'll just wind up picking it for one of my lookbacks just to spite you. <laughs> so you'll have to. Uh, but before we get to the last story, I just want to talk about my last spirit because I did pop open the Three Philosophers Ribbon Barrel Aged version of it. Um, where is this? 12% ABV. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the jungle, Chris. I'm gonna die! <laughs> uh, it's, it is what it is. Um, I'm getting that kind of bourbon mouthfeel on. Like, there's kind of like that whiskey sweetness, but alcohol burn. It's not as nice as that, like, subtle, uh, like, red wine dryness that I got. Mm-hmm. This would just be a subpar bourbon barrel aged version of some other breweries beer. I don't get a lot of cherry on it. It, okay. It's on the nose. Mix. There's like that sweet to it, but that could just be. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of like cherry sweet up on the front, but then it's just like bourbon barrel alcohol on the back. It's not bad. I do like it for what it is, but I would take any other bourbon barrel aged beer before it. Like KBS just came out, and I asked at my beer store. They said they'll be getting it in October 19th. That's right before my birthday. I'll treat myself to a four-pack of it. Again, for 5 or $6 for this can, it's not bad. Like, I enjoy it for what it is, but it's not what I wanted it to be. Because I wanted more kind of like cherry sweetness with that bourbon flavor. But 
Yeah, yeah, I was hoping that would be that bourbon barrel aged like flavor up front, that like oaky vanilla up front, and then relaxes into that cherry, you know, stoutness. Um, so yeah, it's upsetting that that's how this beer is. But I'm very excited to try the uh, wine barrel aged. I'll have to take uh, my the head. wine barrel. I I would take over this. Yeah. And something we have to take because it's the next book that we talk about for chapter of a book we talk about uh this is clown hunt written by james timmy and the fourth with art by james Sequoia, Sequoia, who did the godzilla in hell book <laughs> that john referenced so reading this book after we had done our trivia episode i was like was it paul paul referenced it oh well, shit john picked it I put it in the quiz. Gotcha. Chris uh, picked it. I'm pretty sure Chris bought that book. I bought that book, I think. Yeah. Oh, Chris, you bought that book. Uh, yeah. I put it in the quiz. I'm upset that neither of you guys got it until... I, I, I forgot about that book. But I did remember Everybody it did. when I read this chapter of the uh, Batman Joker War Zone, number one. Uh, and yeah... Clown Hunter. This is the most I think we've seen him in the Batman Joker War. He kind of popped up in the actual Batman comic. I didn't read any of the other kind of like tie issues for that. But this is very much Clown Hunter just doing what he does on the streets of Gotham where it's killing clowns. It's gross. It's Gruesome, I didn't hate it. I think they did a good job with pairing James Tinian and James Stakoye. Sorry, I don't know how Mm -hmm. to pronounce your name. There's just enough, like, detail to this artwork when you're seeing clowns get burned or stabbed to death by a battering, like, to kind of sell it. And I don't blame the people of Gotham for rallying behind this kid who's like, no, I'm here. You got to deal with me now. Like, there was a lot of talk where people were like, oh, Clown Hunter's actually Damian Wayne in disguise. I would believe that. Uh, Just because Damian's been kind of missing from the Joker War. I don't know where he is in continuity right now, though, so it's... I haven't read enough Batman books, and I apologize for that. Well, they made something in the beginning with Bane that he did. He might have done something to Damien. I don't know. He kills Alfred in front of Damien. Oh. Right? I don't... Robin? Yeah, maybe. Um, I, not reading those Batman books, Chris, didn't know who Clown Hunter was. I kind of thought it might have been Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Todd and um, no but I, I enjoyed the look of this for some reason this rem- art reminded me of like Longbow Hunter for some reason like that older I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like because it looks like it's done in like colored pencil or something yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. um, but it made it's me muted tone. Yeah, it made me think of like old school kind of Kind of like how the colors would be on that old newsprint paper versus the high gloss paper. Yeah. 
Like that muted, the colors are a little bit more muted, not oversaturated. I can kind of see that. Um, but it made me think along Bow Hunter, and then it made me think like that kind of like 80s, we're getting away from the comic book code, we're able to do darker stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know, I liked it. I don't know You're if You're allowed I, to like it, John. But uh, yeah, thank you. I'm not. I'm not sure if I like Clown Hunter, but I love the fact that Snap, Crackle, Pop, and Big Ed, these Joker guys, met their ends and how they met their ends. Like I think I like that more than the actual character of Clown Hunter. I would have loved more to have not seen him without his mask, not know who he is. Go ahead. I- See, I like that because he's he's just a person. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the like the Robin War, like with We Are Robin, like the Maxi series that came out where it's like, no, people just rise up. They're like, Okay, Batman's making a difference. We can make a difference. You just need to step up and do it. And this is what you're getting with Clown Hunter, which I don't know if he has an actual identity, if he's someone that's been appearing in something else. I have only seen him in the like last six issues of Batman and this. I kind of like that. Just, no, someone's stepping up and rallying to the cause. I like that story. This is probably my second favorite after the Batgirl spoiler one or orphan spoiler one, because this is that ancillary Bat family story that I really like seeing these characters exist. So yeah, it gets my vote. I put my stamp of approval on it, guys. I I agree. It would be my number two. And then the, the bat wing. And then, um, I don't know the bane, like the bane or the poison ivy one. Like I don't know which one would be. I would take poison ivy over bane, but but yeah, they're kind of in the same boat. I have to say, this seemed like the DC imposters, DC Batman imposters. Remember that? I really like that. Was one of the only like online multiplayer shooters that I ever played. Because I felt like there was enough, like, random Other than weird... Overwatch. Yeah, I played Overwatch. Uh, but there was enough weird, random, crazy stuff happening in mm-hmm. uh, Gotham City Imposters that I was like, well, if I suck, it's okay, because, oh, I'm I'm the Joker that's on roller skates shooting uh, weird trampoline bombs at people. Like, it didn't matter. Like, none of that mattered. And that's how it kind of felt about this. I'm like, this seems like a weird like tie-in to that video game right now, like where it's mm-hmm. just one versus all this this crew of jokers that have their different talents, you know, snap, crackle, and pop. And oh, nope, he got blown up by a dirty, you know, a booby trap, and this guy got blown up, you know, by a booby trap. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of. Joker killer, or the clown killer, or clown hunter character. These are characters that you would want Batman I, to just put away. I don't know be if like, he... No, 
You don't belong out here. Get you're not you're not part of this. This is go home, kid. So I don't know if you can count him as a character at this point because there's not enough to him. But is he someone that you would want to know more about? No. Okay. He's Dodge. Remember Dodge? Who? The Robin character that was there, like the Robin sidekick that was there for like three, four episodes that could teleport. Oh, the one like, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I put him over Dodge, yeah. That's, that's where I'm saying this character should land. He's like, yeah. But Paul... In the landings, what was your favorite book from this month that we read? Mm. You know, because there's a lot of books that came out, but we're only going to discuss the ones that we picked. Favorite one, the one that I enjoyed. You know, Black Widow probably was the one that I enjoyed the most, <laughs> even though I had the most nicks to pick. And then Shang-Chi, then uh, Batman the Joker War. Then Overwatch, Tracer, London Calling, and then Tales from the Umbrella Academy, You Look Like Death, was probably my last. Surprise, surprise. John? Um, my favorite would be Black Widow. Umbrella Academy would be number two. Um, Tracer, probably number three. Batman, number four. And Shang Chi number number five. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think my favorite would have been this one, the Joker, uh, Batman Joker War number one. Then I think Shang Chi, then Tracer. Wow! Oh no! Falling off. I really liked it. no, I because I sort of like not think about Black Widow. Okay, uh, so Joker, then I think Black Widow, then Shang-Chi. Mm. Then uh, Tracer, and then Umbrella. Tracer, and then Umbrella. Because it's not good, but I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, but hey, if you read any of these books, what was your favorite? If you didn't, did we turn you on to one of them? Let us know. Emails at bangboardcast at gmail.com. Comment on the show notes for this episode over on our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter, wherever we're uh, proliferating and sharing this stuff. We like the social media. We also like drinking. (laughs) I'm probably going to. Is that good? I'm probably going to finish this uh, Bourbon Barrel Aged Brewery Oma Gang Three Philosophers. I like it. I'm probably going to write today. That's the show.